You have work. You've got bills and texts and emails. You've got oil changes and groceries. You've got kids. And you got swimming lessons and football and friends and eBay. And showers and shopping and things. Things can get pretty crazy pretty fast. And to make things worse, your crazy life is being lived alongside other lives that are just as crazy. And before you know it, the whole house is hectic. We need help. We need help. Man, I really hope it's been as hard for you to go through this series as it has been for me. Uh, it's just tough stuff talking about attitudes in life because in our culture today, in our world today, we can kind of get pretty bad attitudes sometimes and, and, and we can sort of feel entitled to being impatient and to being selfless or to be selfish. And, and we don't really, I think, in our culture today know a whole lot about this key right here, the key of honor. You know, it, it seems like in our culture we've, we've hopefully bottomed out that we're kind of at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to honor. It, it, does it seem that way for you? Um, you know, uh, one, ex- one example would be watching a, a sports show on TV, and at the beginning they always play the national anthem, right? And they always have the flag and a big display and all of that. And, and as the camera pans the crowd or the camera pans the teams, you see men or women standing there, and, and usually everyone will take their hat off, but not everyone will put their, their hat or their hand over their heart like is custom to do in our country in honor of our nation. And, and it seems kind of dishonoring to me. It, 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 it's, it's, I just wonder what, what they're thinking. And, and they may not mean any disrespect or dishonor of that, but, but they're not showing the, the greater honor, uh, show of respect for, for our country that, that is shown by, by taking, taking that stance. And, and uh, um, what else was I going to say about that? Um, because there are uh, there are men and women represented by our flag as well that we honor when we uh, when we stand at attention uh, when the national anthem is is being played. Men and women who have given their lives um, for for our country. Um, what about have you ever been at a at a, a, a conference or a convention uh, or, or any kind of event where there's a main speaker. Um, it could be at a high school. It could be in a church. It could be at a university. Maybe a lot of you, uh, some of you attended college graduations yesterday. And, and I wonder if you had scanned the crowd when the, the main speaker was up there speaking, if everybody sitting there had their eyes focused on that main speaker, if they were giving that speaker the honor that, that they deserved, or if maybe they were distracted by other things, you know, more specifically a piece of technology that we carry around in our pockets these days called a smartphone. Now, I'm guilty of this as well. I have been to high school choir concerts where if my kid isn't up there performing, I've, you know, checked the score of the football game or something like that. Um, but as I think about it, and as I've wrestled through this this week, 
that's really pretty dishonoring to, to do something like that. In fact, um, I was uh, attended a funeral. I wasn't the, the pastor this particular uh, Saturday, but I attended a funeral where somebody's phone um, went off during the funeral. Now, I know that happens here sometimes. You forget to put your cell phone on vibrate and that sort of thing, and, and I know you don't mean any disrespect by it, and I'm uh, quite honestly not offended by that. Um, but, but this particular day was was different. Um, this person, not, not only did their phone ring in the middle of a funeral, they answered it. They answered it. And, and something has to give in our culture. Um, and, and I think we have to lead the way. We, we, you know, how hard is it? And, and yes, I'm in this boat too. To leave the phone in the car for 45 minutes. Pry it from your hands, right? And, and put it in the glove box. Um, leave it under the seat if you're worried about it getting hot, because sometimes they do. That's, of course, that's why I bring it in all the time. I don't want it to get hot in the car, right? Um, but, but, it, but it can be dishonoring. Have you ever seen a son or daughter or a child act in a dishonoring way to their parents? Um, you know, there's disobedience. There is, um, there is spoiled. And there's dishonoring. And, and I think we could, you know, we, could probably, uh, we could probably see all of this behavior just in a matter of 20 minutes in Walmart, probably. I think that would be a place where you could see all of those behaviors. But, but in our culture today, there has been a, a devaluing of people. Um, and, and it affects our attitudes. Uh, what about those in authority over us? And it really doesn't even matter if we agree with them and, and what they view. If they are in a position of authority over us, there should be a certain amount of honor go to them, whether it's from our local police or to the President of the United States. The question is this morning, are we honoring them? Uh, Thomas Carlyle said this, Show me the man you honor and I will know what kind of man you are. Show me the man you honor, and I will know what kind of man you are. Now, dishonor doesn't necessarily begin with negative or disobedient um, actions or behaviors or feelings, um, although those things are dishonoring, but it's more than that. It, it goes deeper. Uh, now, before we continue, I want us to get on the same page when it comes to honor. I've wrestled with this this week, because what is the difference between honor and respect? Um, have, you ever, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever tried to figure out what, what is the difference between honor and respect? And I think there is a line. I think there is a, different, a, a difference, however, however thin that line might be. But, but I think honor, honor is like respect on steroids. Honor, honor has more to do with the value of the person than it does the actions and the behavior of the person. Um, in, in the New Testament, the word that is translated into our English word honor is tame. And, and oftentimes, the New Testament um, translators um, use honor and respect interchangeably in, in those verses. They'll, they'll say uh, tame will be the word. They'll say respect in one case, and they'll say honor in another. But I think there is a difference. Um, honor goes deeper. Respect is often tied to people's actions. And whether they deserve it or not, honor is much different. It's not so much about whether it's deserved, but the value of the person. And, and I say, let's bring honor back. 
Um, how different would your family be if everyone in your family was honoring and showed honor to all of the other members in your family? How different would our church be if every one of us in our interpersonal relationships, no matter if there was conflict or not, as we live life together as a community of faith, if we honored each other on a daily basis, how different would it be? And if there were, let's say, let's say that we have three to four hundred regular attenders at North Hills, um, let's say, what, what, what if three or four hundred of us in our community in southeastern Wyoming treated each other and others with honor, what do you think our community would look like? How different do you think it would be? Let's bring honor back. Joanne Miller of the National Center for Biblical Parenting says this about honor. Honor comes when you recognize a person's worth or value. Respect focuses on behavior, doing the appropriate thing, whereas honor comes from the heart. She goes on, respect acknowledges a person's position while honor attaches worth to that person. Respect teaches manners and proper behavior in the presence of others. Honor teaches something deeper and appreciation of that person. You could, I think you can respect someone. You can be obedient to someone and respect them and not honor them. Um, honor means to value, to recognize worth, to give weight. If you're taking notes, write those three things down. Honor means to value, to recognize worth, and to give weight to someone. So then the greater value we put on them, the more honor we give them. Now think of the people in your life right now. Think of the people in your life right now. Do you honor them? Do you honor them? Do you, do you, value, do you value them? Do they have weight in your mind as you think about them? Now, just like the other attitudes that we have, have talked about, um, I want to stress that our ability to operate with these, with these attitudes comes from the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that we can just simply by sheer discipline uh, change and make true in our life. There, there has to be some internal supernatural influence. And the, the key ring of, of that's holding all of our keys represents love. God loving us and us being able to love other people because He first loved us and that power that comes from the Holy Spirit. We are intentional. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And as we live our life that way, our response in certain situations, these attitudes become more natural, become more, more normal responses than otherwise. And that's as we submit to the Holy Spirit. I've determined this week that every time I walk into a soccer stadium, I need to, before I walk in there, submit myself to the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what it is about soccer. It just brings out the... Ah, it drives me crazy, actually. Um, because here's the thing. Um, you know, this last week, I, I went into a soccer stadium and I felt myself, and, and I'm not even sure that I stopped myself completely in my own power. But if I had stopped and recognized, okay, David, okay, David, father, who has a child on the field, okay, Pastor David, if you really want to heap the responsibility on top of my shoulders, right, in this situation, sitting among all of these people, 
how can my response today to things that don't go my way or to people on the other side that say things not so nice about the people on my side of the, of the field, how can I treat them with honor? And, and, and it simply, I'm finding, is, is got to be a power of the Holy Spirit within me because I am not able to muster it. I can't. I can't. I, I fail. And, and, and as we go through this series, I, man, I, I hope you're being challenged because I'm being challenged like crazy. And I don't want to be the only one going through this, right? I, I hope that we all, that we all are. Um, but as we are intentional and empowered by the Holy Spirit, these attitudes can become normal responses. So, number one this morning in your notes is this. The level of honor we give someone is based on the amount of value we perceive. The level of honor we give someone is based on the amount of value we perceive. Clark Clifford shares this reminiscence of his former boss, Harry S. Truman. Okay? Every morning at 8.30, the president would have a staff meeting, and one day the mail clerk brought in this envelope, and it was a beautiful purple envelope. It had a, a wax official seal on it. It had uh, ribbons attached to it, and upon opening it, he found, uh, Truman found that it was a letter from King Ibn Saud of Saudi Arabia. And this is how his salutation began. Your magnificence. Your magnificence, Truman repeated, laughing. I like that. I don't know what you guys call me uh, when I'm not around here, he said to the guy sitting around him, but I'm perfectly fine with your magnificence. Okay, well, a few days later, or a few weeks later, Truman did the things that a president does, and he um, sent a message to the United Nations supporting the admission of 100,000 Jews into Palestine. Okay, and then another, a few days later or a few weeks later, he got another letter from the king of Saudi Arabia. And this letter uh, began, Dear Mr. President. Now, had, had the president's value changed at all? No, it didn't. But the value that, that the king of Saudi Arabia perceived of the president changed as he made certain decisions. And so it went from your magnificence to dear Mr. President. Now, here, here's, another, here's another story that I, I think illustrates this point that the level of honor we give someone is based on the amount of value that we perceive. Uh, back in 2007, the Washington Post did an experiment. And they did this experiment with the, uh, at the time, well, who was at the time uh, recognized as the greatest violinist in the United States. The best violinist. Um, he was young. His name is Joshua Bell. You can search him on YouTube. You can listen to him. He is an incredible violinist. Um, amazing. And they did this, they, they did this uh, experiment with him and they wanted to find out if he was in a different context what the perception of him would be. And so here's what they did. They, they dressed him up in jeans and a and a sweatshirt and a baseball cap of the Washington Nationals. He took his violin, he got on a subway, and somewhere along the subway, he got off the subway, and, and down in the basement of a, a, an open area where more than a thousand people would walk by him in a 45-minute period, he un, undid, got his violin out, opened his violin case, threw some change in his violin case, sort of a seed money, and he began playing. 
And he began playing in only the way that he could play. It was amazing. He didn't miss a note. It was flawless. He played Schubert, and he played Bach, and he played Mozart. And for 45 minutes, more than a thousand people walked past him, not really even noticing that he was there. Um, This man who just two weeks earlier had sold out Boston Symphony Hall with the cheapest seats going for $100. Not more than just a handful. You can watch the full... uh, There's a video on on YouTube. It's about 35 minutes and it shows all the people. And and there's there's like maybe a dozen people gathered towards the end of his time. And and one person actually goes up to him and says, "Um, I, I know who you are. I just saw you playing at the... Some other place, and and actually, uh, he made when he counted all up all of his money that he made in that forty-five minutes, thirty-two dollars, and twenty dollars of that came from the woman who recognized him. So he made uh, the 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 nation's finest violinist made twelve dollars in forty-five minutes playing. Now, here here's the here's the question: Did He was essentially, he didn't receive honor because those who walked by him didn't perceive the value that they were were experiencing. They could have have received a concert for free and not had to pay $100 a ticket for it. Seen him, talked to him. Uh, The one gal did, in fact, talk to him. And, And another incredible thing about this is he says that as he's playing, he began to wonder if he wasn't playing very good because nobody seemed to notice. Here is the best violinist in the nation doubting his worth because people aren't properly perceiving who he is and what his value is. And, and I, think that is, I think that's the bottom line for us here this morning. It's, it's are we properly perceiving the value of the people that we see every day, of our fellow students, of our children, of our husband, of our wife, of our boss, of our co-workers, of those who are in authority over us. So let's update our perceptions of people. Point number two this morning is honor in our relationship with God. It's a no-brainer that we would, out, that we would honor God, right? Our honor of Him. Of course we would. We, we would say that, of course I honor God. But it's really been a century-old problem that God doesn't get the press that He deserves. That, that He's more valuable than anything we could ever or would ever give Him. We forget at times how great God is. We forget about how faithful He is. We, we forget about what a big sacrifice He made for us. And we just kind of take Him for granted. And we don't recognize Him throughout the course of our day or our week. Sunday might even be the only time of the week where we have any sort of semi-serious conversation with God. And, and what, uh, what kind of honor is that? A thousand people passed by Josh Bell because they were too busy. They were headed to and fro. They didn't have the time to stop and hear the best violinist. And we can be that same way with God, can't we? It's not honoring. Let's bring honor back. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, but Pastor Dave, I really work hard at being obedient to all the things that God is calling me to do. And, and, and that's great. We all need to be. But is there honor in that obedience? Uh, if you were to look at Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13, it says this, The Lord says, 
These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. It's, it's fake. Um, that's Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. It's in Isaiah chapter 1 as well, I believe, and several other places throughout Scripture where God talks about the fact that, that Israel was doing exactly what He wanted them to do. He said, by law, you are to, to give sacrifices. And, and in this context in Isaiah, God is essentially saying, look, I am choking on your goats. I don't want any more of your goats. I, I don't care if I said you're to bring them. God says, it's not the goats that I want. It's not the act of obedience that I want. It's you. It's your heart. And when we bring God more than just, just our obedience, it is honoring to Him. Our all-powerful, present everywhere, sovereign, amazing God created all things into existence by speaking came, died, paid an incredible sacrifice for us. Let's honor Him. Let's worship Him. Let's remember Him. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, Jesus said. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11 says, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for You created all things, and by Your will they were created and have their being. Let's give God glory and honor and power in our life. God has unmatched value. Unmatched. We honor God when we treat Him with the value He deserves. He is not ordinary. So of course we honor God. The amazing thing about our relationship with God is this. He honors us. He honors us. For the Lord God, in Psalm 84:11, it says this, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold from those whose walk is blameless. God honors us. He treats you and I as something valuable. You might not think you are valuable. You might find every excuse in the book to tell people that you're worthless, that you're not worth anything. It's not true. God doesn't view you that way. God views you as incredibly valuable. One of the determining factors of value comes from its cost, right? Comes from, from what its cost is. And Jesus showed our value when He died for us. There is no greater value. There is no greater cost than someone sacrificing their life. And that's what Jesus did. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, you were bought with a price. We were bought with a price. And that price was the death of Jesus Christ. Therefore, honor God with your body. We honor Him. He honors us. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. When He, Jesus, came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed Him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before Him and said, Lord, if You are willing, You can make me clean. Jesus reached out His hand and touched the man. I am willing, He said. Be clean. Immediately He was cured of His leprosy. Now the observation that I want to make this morning from this passage is not the miracle of healing. It's what Jesus did in His interaction with the leper. What did Jesus do? He touched Him. 
Jesus touched the leper. Now, I don't know what that speaks to you, but that speaks to me great value and honor to that leper, despite where that leper was at. You see, in his leprosy, he was an outcast. I don't know how long it had been, but he is essentially cast out of town. Nobody could touch him or be around him, for they would be unclean. So he was deemed worthless by his society. There was no possibility of healing in general in that culture for him. He was just going to waste away, literally waste away. And what does Jesus do? Jesus could have... Jesus could have healed him with a word. He could have healed him with his voice. He could have sent him off and healed him from a different town because he did all of those things. But what Jesus does in this instance is he touches him. He touches him. Jesus looks at this leper completely different than anybody around him. He touches him. Jesus honored the leper. Now, do you feel like a leper? Have you ever felt like a leper yourself? Do you feel like maybe God would never touch you? Well, you don't need to feel that way. Come to Jesus. Lay your burdens down to Him. Lay your worries and your concerns and your cares and your infirmities down to Him. Just like that leper did, I believe that He will touch you because you are valuable to Him. You are valuable to Him. Another question that comes to my mind in, in this point here is, who are, the leopard, who are the lepers in your life? Who are the people that you are around each day who other people deem as worthless and who, who won't talk to or, or they've been kind of outcast? And what would God have us to do as the people of God to those around us who have been deemed worthless, I think God would say, where is the honor? Let's return the honor. Let's honor them. They are valuable. I died for them, Jesus would say. Let's love them. Let's honor them. Which brings us to our next point, and that's number three, honoring in our relationships with one another. So here, here's, kind of, here's kind of where we sit. Uh, Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor to may one another above yourself. So we need to honor those above us. We need to honor those on the same level as us. And we need to honor those who would be considered below us. We need to, we need to honor all of them. Think about the relationships that you have in your life. We said that this would be applicable to every person, this series this point especially. Paul says, whatever you think of yourself, think of others higher. Put other people above yourself. It, it, it helps us keep life in perspective, doesn't it? When we recognize that we're really not all that and that there are other people who have value as well. What about honoring our bosses at work or our teachers at school? That can be difficult sometimes, can't it? Man, all those dirty, rotten teachers that you give you that big homework assignment, you know, the day before a vacation where you only have one day of school left on the other side of that. I don't know if anybody is doing that, but they could. It's in their, within their right to do that. Where is the honor? It can be difficult to honor our teachers or our bosses. They have sometimes um, incredible demands and expectations on us. 
Well, our attitudes can slip, but here's what the Bible says about that. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 1. All who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of full respect. It's that honor word again, tamay. So that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. Let's honor those who are in authority over us. Those who would be considered our masters in today's world. What about husbands and wives? What about honor in our marriages? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33 says, However, each of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Love and respect in our marriages. We are on the same team. We are on the same team. Let's stop fighting with each other and start fighting for each other. In a culture where every, just about every sitcom um, gets a laugh from the mistreatment between a husband and a wife or a child and a parent. Let's go back to the days of Leave it to Beaver and the Brady Bunch where honor and respect were held high. Kids, let's bring back honor to our parents. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 4 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, every one of us in this room is a kid, right? We all have parents. Moms and dads. Honor your father and your mother. What would it look like to hold your parents in high value? It can be hard depending on what type of a personality your parents are. But I don't think just because we have parents who might be unloving or over-demanding or have extremely high expectations that we sort of get a free pass on this honor your father and your mother. I don't think it matters. They are valuable to God. They brought you into this world. They have value. We can honor our parents. And parents, we're not off the hook either. Paul goes on to say in verse 4, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Parents, we need to honor our children too. We need to value them. Let's not treat our children like they're ordinary because they're not. Let's treat them with the value that they have. Let's honor them. It may take time. Maybe your relationship with your children or your parents isn't that great. But somebody has to take the first step. Somebody has to make the first move. And for all of us hearing this message today, I think that's us. I think that's us. Let's make a decision today to begin honoring our parents. Now it really comes down to this. Honor is something that we decide not something that others necessarily deserve. And that's what makes it so difficult. That's what makes it so difficult. But as we have already seen, we have all been created in the image of God. All of us, every last one of us, bear some sort of the image of God in our life and have value. Let's find that and let's honor that in the lives of one another in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then, Number four, honor results when we rightly set value on everything in life. Honor results when we rightly set value on everything in life. See, we need to place ultimate value where it belongs. 
as God's children, as God's creation, in the things of God that endure forever, in God Himself. The ability to discern true value is crucial. It's crucial in your life and mine. Let's consider that. Let's make that a part of our life. And as we draw closer to God, we begin to see the world and those around us through His eyes. We begin to see the value that they have, the value that He was willing to give His life for. And then we can honor them. Let's bring back honor. In 2012, a 19-year-old man from Washington State named Dakota Guerin was charged with stealing a rare coin collection worth at least $100,000. After Guerin had completed some part-time work for a woman living, near, uh, living north of Portland, the woman reported that her family coin collection was missing. Her collection included a variety of rare and valuable coins, including Liberty Headquarters, Morgan Dollars, and other coins dating back to the early 1800s. Initially, Garrett denied involvement, claiming that the police didn't have any evidence against him. But then he started spending the coins at face value. Um, it says he and his girlfriend paid for movie tickets using quarters worth between 5 and $68 apiece. Later on the same day, they bought some local pizza with rare coins, including a Liberty quarter worth up to $18,500. We need to properly determine value, don't we? He was just a petty thief. He wasn't actually an art or collectible thief. The, the news article reported that Garen had been charged with first-degree theft and is being held in jail on $40,000 bond, which technically is an amount he could easily have afforded if he'd have recognized the valuable coin collection or if it was actually his. Let's bring back honor. First and foremost, to our, creator, to our Creator and our Savior. Let's ask Him this week to show us if there's been any ways in which we've been dishonoring to Him. Let's start there in our relationship with God. And as He begins to show us and teach us, then let's also look for ways to honor those in our immediate family. Fathers and mothers, maybe it's for your children. Children, maybe it's for your parents or your teachers. Maybe it's your boss. Let's seek to honor folks this week. And finally, let's honor everyone else that we are around each day. Think about it. Hear this challenge today. I know you're thinking, oh, but Pastor Dave, there's just this one guy at work. There is no way I can honor him. I dare you. I dare you to find a way that you could honor him or her. Let's honor. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Father, thank you for the moisture. Thank you for the incredible ways that you honor us. Um, Lord, we, we, we do need to, we need to be humble before you. We need to recognize that you are our Lord and Savior, that you are our Creator, that, that we are your servants. But Lord, you are an incredibly loving, merciful, gracious God, and you honor us. Thank you for that. And Father, as we all continue to wrestle and struggle through these attitudes, selflessness and patience and honor. Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit, may we become the children you want us to be and provide
proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to all around. In Jesus' name, amen.